Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Well, it was good afternoon almost. Yeah. So, what a last two weeks been so so busy, hasn't it? So busy. So much. So many amazing things happening. Yep. And and you know it's so amazing to be alive um, and being used by the Lord during these times, especially these times, because you know looking back at at when um, when the Roman Empire was in charge. Um, how bad and it was, and I, you know, I even was watching the the rise and fall of the various empires, whether it was the Babylonian, the Greeks, or the Romans. Just towards the end, they started thinking about transgender or people dressing up like uh, females. Sexual males. perversion. Perversion was f- full rampant, and that was a demise of that. So when you start seeing this, you start seeing a a, a, a change or a shift in the civilization that the it's going to be suppressed very very soon. Um, that sounds very doom and gloom. Well, I, I I think of it like this: when the world gets darker, Christians will shine brighter. Amen. And I think that you need to see a distinction between the Christians and non-Christians. How many times people come to us and say, "Oh, oh I feel peace around you guys. Can I hang out with you guys?" Um, and they don't. And obviously they know now, but uh, back in the day, they didn't know what this peace was. And this peace is the peace of Christ. And peace can only come through Him. So yes, the world has to be darker for people to realize the need or the uh, identify who the, the true believers are. Because a lot of so-called believers out there, let me be clear, but not every person who says that they are Christian are Christians. And if anybody's been a Christian for a long time, they will know that. Um, and the Bible does say you'll know them by their fruit and their signs, not their PhDs or what they've said, but based on their fruit or their signs. Anyway, so that's just a, a quick little thought. Um, so what do you want to talk about today? I have nothing. You have nothing? Well, I have so much, but I feel like there's so many things we've talked about. You know, what, I mean, how controversial can we get? What do you have on your mind today? I have so many, but I'm, I'm going to give you the opportunity. No, I did last time. It's your turn. I, I actually don't have anything. <laughs> I see you lied. No, well, I, <laughs> I, I, I could talk about a number of things. Um, but for me, the, the one is um, authority in the home, like a husband and a wife. You know, the Bible talks about the, the man is the head and the, and the wife is uh, to, needs to submit to the husband. And, and what does that look like, right? And because I, it's, it seems to be a bad thing when you say the man is the leader of the home, people go, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's like you're stepping on people's toes. Um, so that's one topic, mm-hmm. uh, the role of a husband and wife in a, in a marriage. Um, another topic I was thinking also was, uh, is I think we've spoken about briefly, is, is how do we engage in this world knowing that the end is coming do we sell everything that we have or and, and I don't know live in a little hole or is it, it what do we do right um, you mean self-preservation versus you know, shining the light yeah it, it's it, in other words what do we do because the thing is technically speaking if if the world is going to end tomorrow 
you would want to make sure that you've sold everything and use every resource that you have to further the gospel. Right? Because it's like having a resource, like your, your resources are it's like not used if it's not for the kingdom of God. Because right. the Bible says, whatever you do for the kingdom of God, lay up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt. So you want to make sure that you don't have any basically treasures on earth um, and you want to get rid of it before the end comes. So there are a number of, of topics like that. Another topic we'll be, we could talk about is it's the so-called contradictions in the scripture that people say, oh, well, there's contradictions in the scripture. Another one I could think about is, is a question. Should I be taking notes on these? Because these are great topics we could use another time. The other one was we went to a Christian college or university this week and we were speaking to one of the profs and he was talking about one of the questions that gets asked uh, is why, if God's a God of love and powerful, it's so powerful, why does he allow, let's say, men or whomever to rape little children? You mean why do bad things happen to good people? Well, I think that's a, no, not really that one because I think that the question becomes name me one person on this planet that's good. So that's not, that's not really a question for me. The question, which is a stronger question, is why did that person, why didn't God stop that person from raping that person, right? Um, and, and so why doesn't God just stop evil? Those kind of questions. And that's another topic. We can even talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. But. What are the questions that you had on your... Another one is also the law of God, that the law of God is good. Um, or what about the apocryphals? The other Apocryphus, books... Apocryphals, yeah. Yeah, depending on who you speak about. Some, some say apocryphals, some say apocrypha. The apocrypha books, having a whole discussion yeah. on them. Which one should we be reading? Which one shouldn't... How was the Bible compiled? So, you know what? There's so many things... Um, okay, we've got to pick one. Okay. This is not the brainstorm of topics, but I like the way you're going. Okay, well. I hope I captured all of them. Oh, well, okay, so what do you think? Well, just before we choose a topic, it came to my mind that um, recently we participated in the Million March for Children. Uh huh. And, you know, as you were talking about things, the, the march came, into, came to mind because you even said. The end of civilization, you know, is typified when, uh, you know, there's the demise of society, killing babies, sexualization, perversion, all the stuff that happens. And for those of you who don't know, the Million March for Children was a group of parents from all religions, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, atheist, Buddhist, Sikh, whatever, coming together to tell the government, to tell the school system, the school boards, Get your hands off our children. Stop sexualizing our kids uh, because of the introduction of these pornographic books to elementary age kids, The in Ontario specifically, the Kathleen Wynne sex education. And parents came together and immediately all the parents were labeled as hate, you know, a bunch of haters, that we hate anybody who's chosen lifestyles, which we disagree with. And it wasn't about hate. It really was about protecting the children because anybody who wants to touch children with that despicable, those despicable thoughts, you know, we need to come against. But it, it reminded me how even in the midst of a deteriorating society, how it's so important for Christians to be the salt and light. And, and 
when you were talking about the end times and saying, well, what do we do in the end times? Like, we know. I mean, do we, do we, we, we have to be salt and light, right? So being light means we're telling people about Jesus, we're spreading the gospel. But at the same time, it, you say, well, maybe the world ends tomorrow. Okay. But what if it doesn't end tomorrow? Then we, we, we're not, we can't leave uh, um, the world in a negative, a better, a worse place than we found it. So that always makes me think about, you know, do how much, how much food do we store or, or how do we prepare in terms of what could be, ha- what could happen, what could come. Uh, and, and it reminds me of that scripture verse, the one from about the ants. Uh, in, in Proverbs 6 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. What do the ants do? Proverbs 30, 20, 25. The ants are people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. So that tells me the ants are preparing for a time that is coming. But we don't put our trust in what we prepare, correct? Yep. So, you know, it makes one go through all these thought processes about, okay, how how much do we focus on ourselves? How much do we do we plan ahead? How much do we prepare? If we do prepare and we have backup information, then what you know, or backup foods, do we share with others? What is the objective of that? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. Is the idea of self-preservation um, versus reliance on God. Because you know, we know it will happen to us. We know where we're going if anything bad happens. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I always hear that. Oh, we know where we're going to go. But <laughs> you know what? There's a difference between knowing where you're going to go or suffering on the path to get there. Yeah, well, nobody, yeah, nobody really wants would. the suffering on the way. Yeah. No. It's, it's like uh, it'd be easier just to go quickly versus suffer for 25 years or 30 years right. because of a choice. And how many people, we uh, we don't know necessarily too many, but people have, that have sold, for example, the Y2K, people start selling their houses, start selling everything, and then afterwards they were in a worse position than than before, and they should have probably what just kept What is the that. fine line? What is the balance yeah. between but, storing, heaping, preparing versus, you know? I, I think the answer, and again, the the answer may be a complicated one, may be a simple answer. And and firstly, uh, the topic that you just spoke about, the, that covers a lot of areas. Right? <laughs> well, well, you talked about the demise of civilization, then you brought up all these suggestions. Yeah, I, I, I was so thinking kind of fl- it made me think of things. So I'm kind of flowing with some of your thoughts. But yes, it does cover, cover a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, because I was thinking about, firstly, the government, um, like the, liar, the liberals or the library, they call them liars liberals or the the conservatives the cons the conservatives are the cons and the NDP is just the same uh, probably even figure figure out a uh, an, then, an acronym for that too but the, but the reality is I think we call them NPCs non-player characters the NDPs they just side with whoever they're supposed to side oh, with oh yes there we go you know from video games that's what I'm referring to okay. non-player characters yeah so but uh, you know going back to the question of where is there, there a balance? I don't think there's such a thing as a balance. Uh, I always hear the term balance, balance. Whether we, you're working at work, you hear work-life balance. I don't, or, you know, you need to have a balance between church life and home life. And there needs to be balance. Ministry. Yeah, you know, because you're a little bit radical, you know. Balance your comments. Yeah, you everything, or balance the way you speak. speak. Maybe the way you speak is, I don't know. I agree with what you're saying, but I don't agree with the how. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's that kind of idea. 
I'm more into the camp of what the scripture talks about is there's no such thing as balance. You're either in or you're out. You're either for the Lord or you're not for the Lord. You're either gathering for Him or you're scattering. You, there's no in-between. There's it, no gray. There's no gray. There's no, uh, um, uh, there's neither hot or cold. Yeah. It's not uh, unless you look warm, you get spat out. So, mm -hmm. you know, what? so there is a, like when the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean you seek ye first the kingdom of God and then Second, you focus on something else. And third, you're focusing on something else. No, seek ye first means you are all consumed for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33. And once you do that, everything else falls into place. So, like we did this weekend, we spoke about the what what is humility, right? What is humility? Okay. Right? You say, well, okay, I, I don't understand it. Well, you know, you ask about preservation. I'm thinking about the, the Israelites walking with the Lord in the wilderness for 40 years. Talk about self-preservation. They initially were self-preservation. They came from Egypt. They were supplying for themselves. Bought their gold. Everything. The animals. Then God food. humbled them. How did he humble them? How did he humble them? By teaching them to trust in him. For what? For the manna. They didn't, um, they didn't provide the manna. God provided the manna. Uh, and when they wanted to trust in them themselves, what happened? Their, their manna started to get old. So if they collected more than one day, it became old. So God taught them to rely on Him. So for the manna. Whether it was for water, God gave them water. Whether it was for their shoes that didn't wear out. They didn't have like a shoe store around the corner. Mm -hmm. But their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Mm -hmm. So they trusted in God every day. It wasn't a trust in a... Um, they had to trust God for today. And I think it ties up with Matthew 6.33, where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And then he goes on and he says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today is the sufficient the troubles thereof. So focus on today. Right? Focus on today. Rely on the Lord today. Now you say, well, that's very easy when you don't have money. Well, how do we rely on the Lord? And I think we had the question about, well, okay, so let's say I rely on the Lord and, and I'm waiting for him to give me money. And my, my statement is, well, for, for example, if the Israelites didn't go and collect the manna, they didn't go and sit in their house and wait for the manna to fall into their mouth. Okay? They had to physically go and collect it. And it was work to go and collect it. They had to physically go and walk around. Right? It wasn't just to uh, stay here and... No, they had to go and walk around to feed their flocks. So there was a partnership with God. So it's not a question of you sit on the couch and you say rely on God. You rely on God and you do nothing. No. I know that uh, Benjamin Franklin made the statement once. He said, God helps those who help themselves. Now, I know that's not in the scripture. But there is some element of truth in there. For the whether God says that we are co-laborers with Him. In other words, we rely on Him. We lean on Him. The scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Okay? You acknowledge Him in all your ways. So you, your focus is on the Lord every single day for the small little things. And Lord, where should I work? What should I do? Uh, work with God. And so this, this, this concept of, of um, being dependent upon God every single day well, makes makes you do what? It makes you less fearful about the future because you're trusting God for today. And if he, if he takes care of you today, he'll take care of you tomorrow. That's one. Also, the idea of of being 
uh, not complacent or um, you, you're being satisfied today. You're stopping and smelling the rose. You're stopping and looking contentment. at contentment. Contentment. Yeah, that's the word. Looking at con- you're being content with God, what God has provided you today. Um, and as you know, even with this whole off the grid stuff, you know, like we've we've spoken about off the grid, or we must never ever rely on anything. Anytime we rely on anything or anyone beside God, that becomes a thorn in our side. I remember trusting in a vitamin and I trusted in it and if anything I got more sick. Or I trusted in somebody else and that person let me down. Or I trusted in uh, the institution and that let me down. Trusted in the government and that let you down. Whatever you trust in, you lose your, we have to 100% trust in the Lord. So you, when you ask the question, going back to what's that fine line? I don't believe there's such a thing as a fine line. The question is, you, you either you, you, the fine line is the fence. And if you sit on the fence, your ass is going to get sore. So you either get on the one side or you get on the other side, but you can't be on the fence. Yeah, but the, the, I mean, it's all good and well to have this theory of, oh, there's, you know, you're either in or out, it's black or white, there's no in between. But the fact is, um, one could prepare and have roomfuls of store, food stored, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point do you say, okay, I've got enough stored? Well, you, so that, that, that's, you never that's have about enough. It. You never have enough. Right? Yeah, but then what's the point of doing it? Look at that rich man in the scriptures. In the, in okay, the but what's the point of doing it then? What's the point of, of, of preserving food? Anyway, like what, why do we can tomato sauce? Why do we take canned apple sauce? Oh, you're talking about why we would do it. Well, why? no, it, it, it's, it's, it's a question. Obviously, we're talking about us because it's be, a, a be, question of... Yeah, because it's actually to be... For example, when in the scriptures, when um, Paul, got, Paul and some of the prophets saw a famine coming on the earth, they told people, and then the people got prepared for it. So the same with Joseph in the time, they prepare for it. Not that they are fearful. God will supply and help them, but prepare for it. Even, for example, Jacob. Jacob and his team and his sons never prepared for the famine. But guess what? One of the sons, Joseph, God used to prepare for the famine that's about to come. And then he brings Jacob to Pharaoh, and Jacob did nothing to prepare. Sometimes we are we either like the Joseph or we like the Jacob. And I believe now we are in a situation like we're the Joseph. We are, we are preparing for a time that people are not going to be prepared. God's going to bring them across our path that we can able to help them and bless them during these times. So, and I do believe these times are going to be coming, right? It's, it's, but we thought these times were coming, I mean, five, ten years ago, right? So it's not like... Well, no, I don't think five, ten years ago. I never thought five, ten years ago. I know it's still coming. Well, ten years ago, we started... We started, but it's not because, oh, it's going to come right now. No, it's, we were preparing for time. That's why each year we couldn't have the money. I think we spend probably a thousand bucks a year, um, each year, to add or to get somewhat prepared for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think that... You know, I could I could be here for days preparing fruit and vegetables and meats and whatever, and I could do that for days. But the way I go about it is, I I really just listen to Holy Spirit. I just feel like, okay, that's enough. I don't need to make any more. Or, okay, that's a good number. Or, you know, I I don't get into panic mode, where to think, oh, I need this much. I need this much. I need rooms and rooms or whatever. So, for me, you, you might say the word balance doesn't exist. 
and, and I'm not going to, you know, argue because balance to me does sound like a very airy fairy, new agey kind of word. Um, for me, it's 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 a question of okay, Lord, what what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to prepare for? What are the things? Well, let the Lord balance you. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Not not you making a choice between. Um, Okay, what do I do for the kingdom of God and what do I do for myself kind of thing? Mm-hmm. No, it's just, okay, what can we do for the kingdom of God, period? And within that, God will say, okay, I want you, you can maybe call this balance, give this amount, right. store this amount, help this amount. And then the question is, you know... But you can never, I want to make sure that we understand, we can never be like that guy in the parable where he said, I'm going to build bigger barns. Yes, yes. Uh, because... You know what? Because he puts trust in it. Yes. Right? Then I can sit back and yeah. I can feel, oh, soul. And God says, and then he makes a statement. You go, aren't we doing the same thing? Don't we try and get a pension saying, do we have enough pension? Mm-hmm. Or um, have we invested enough? Do we have enough houses, built a few houses so that we can sit back and go, oh, soul, relax. And then he says, you foolish. And he, and he makes a very important statement. He says, um, who's, uh, who's will those be? When you die, basically, mm-hmm. and then he says, uh, and and yeah, I think one of the key the keys is that we have to be rich to God. We towards need, Him, we need to be, and this is what He says: we need to be rich towards Him. So whatever we do, we need to have, we need to be thinking and being conscious of God all the time. And 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 give, yeah, and and how do we build His kingdom? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Basically, we really just covered the, the, the entire topic today. Um, sounds like self-preservation. Well, I think that the, the next step would be if, any, if anything happened or when something happened, how do you choose how to help or how do you, how do you, you know, at what, what where's the, the driving line for protecting okay. your family too? Okay, okay so this okay, pictures a scenario. There is a civil unrest. Okay. And and just like this COVID time where everybody was like locked down and uh, couldn't go certain places and government was overreaching, like every Nazi or every communistic or every um, socialist state, yeah, yeah, or throughout history, various things, times, and and but you know you can see many people starving, many people. Hungry, you have a person knock on your door. Mm-hmm. Okay, not my door, but somebody knocks on on someone's, someone's door. door. And what counsel would you give them? That they knock on the door and and are they asking for food? Are they they're asking, asking for food. They're looking for help. What would you do? I would find out more about them. I'd talk to them a little bit, find out what their situation is. But what would you look for when you talk to them? I would look for an openness. Okay. Because, you know, when people are are in need of something, they're more open to receive. Physical need. Like, that's what we even notice coming here. The physical, in South Africa, people are more open to having spiritual discussions because there's such a physical, there's such physical needs. In Canada and the United States, the physical needs are not as great, so spiritually they're more closed, generally. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody's in need, whether they have a health issue or there's hunger or starvation or poverty, when there is a, a giant physical need, 
they are more open spiritually. So my number one goal would obviously to bring them to Jesus. But at the same time, I, I, I don't want to be so leaving you, them starving. And well, what happens if they say that they that they are uh, hungry and uh, they believe in Jesus? Jesus is their Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what would you do? Is that auto, does that mean automatically you would provide for them? Well, it reminds me of the scripture that says, "Do good, but especially to those in the household of faith." Okay, that's so, Galatians um, six verse ten. Right. So yeah. I would be very conscious that. You know, obviously, I want to help. I want to help other Christians, but I'm also not oblivious to helping neighbors and and what people need. So, I, I'd have to be obviously led by the Spirit in the moment. I would not turn the person away. I don't think it'd be hard for me to to be able to turn people away. Okay. What would you do? No, no, I want to find. Okay, I've, I answered. It's your turn. What would you do? Honestly, I would have to rely on, and I don't want to sound. Um, Super Christian, spiritual, yeah, Christianese, but you have to rely on discerning of spirits, right? You of the to, spirit, yeah, you'll have to discern. Let the Lord direct your heart for the person, and let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, ask, help you ask questions so that you can determine if the person in front of you is a pig, a dog, a goat, a snake, a fox, or a sheep, or a sheep, or a potential sheep. Because mm-hmm. if it's a potential sheep or sheep, definitely, the rest of them ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen because if I if I have certain amount of food, the ones that are gonna get it would be the sheep or the potential sheep. It ain't gonna be anyone else. Okay, but if what if, if people are not coming? You know, people are getting violent and aggressive at that time. Do you do, do you not respond to those people, or do so, people not respond at that time? Okay, now you're also going. You're crossing into the area of um, when do you have violence? That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. And and again, not, not me. But when would one have to make that decision? Because you say, well, the Lord says um, in the Old Testament says an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Mm-hmm. In other words, you you hit back if someone hits you. But Yeshua said, uh, you turn the other cheek. And someone else said after that, there's no more instructions. Yes, you just turn the other cheek. So that's one. You allowed one smack, and then after that, they do it again. There's no more instructions. Is you that can, you? <laughs> That's me. Are you from the south side of heaven? <laughs> Are you from the south side of heaven? Oh, please. Is there such a thing as a south north? <laughs> no, that's just a joke that some of the, you know, like the machine gun preachers, the guys, the tough Christians, they say, well, uh, you know, they have no more instructions. They said, turn the other tree. There's no more instructions. And I'm from the south side of heaven, so I'll ask for forgiveness later. Are you one of those? No, I, I, don't, I don't think you can do such a thing as, <laughs> as sin and then ask for forgiveness because... You can, but the fact Knowingly. is, God is not mocked, right? No. Uh, but to answer your question, that, that scripture when it says, um, turn, the other cheek. turn the other cheek, firstly, I want you to make sure that we understand a couple of things. Number one, it's if it happens to you. Me. Personally. It says, if, if, and the word you is in a singular, you, if, in other words, someone slaps you First on person. the cheek, yeah. then you turn the other cheek. Not if someone hits your child, hits your mother, hits your wife. No, you are to respond. Okay, you are to protect and defend. But if it hits you on the cheek, then you are the one that needs to for, forgive. Okay, that's one. Also, or show mercy, right? The the concept of slapping, um, and even in the scripture, you see this in the in the Old Testament, when someone smacks them on the, on the cheeks, uh, that is an insult. It's like um, I'm insulting you. For example. The, the guy doesn't marry uh, the guy's uh, what is his, his, his deceased w- brother's wife doesn't marry she takes the sandal off and then she, she hits him 
on the face, mm-hmm. right? So that's when, what they would, what their scriptures referring to. Yeah, for an insult. That's what they're referring to. Because think of it, why would Yeshua say at the end of his ministry, before he goes to the cross, he says to his disciples, if you have money, I know I told you don't, don't take money with you, don't but, take but a now I want you to take money. And a sword. And buy a sword. Not just go take a sword, go, but go take a money and go buy a sword. Why would he say that? Yeah, why would he change? Because of protection, mm-hmm. to protect yourself. So that scripture about turn the other cheek, in essence, is when someone insults you, don't insult them back. Don't do the same thing. Don't return evil for evil. Right. But it's not talking about not defending yourself. Or protecting others. Yeah. Especially the widows weaker or less or, or vulnerable. And also, vulnerable. we don't trust in things like your sword. I'm going to protect. I'm going to be. I'm going to feel secure because I have guns. Why I'm going to be secure because I have a sword. You have security because of the Lord. Yeah, and and you know, That's why the Bible says, um, "Whoever lives by the sword will die by the sword." Mm-hmm. In other words, not. But Yeshua Himself just said to His disciples, "Go and get a sword." So why is is there contradiction? No, there's no contradiction. The fact is, we are to defend ourselves, but we mustn't trust in our sword. We trust in the Lord. I, I also, to add to that, we must not neglect the fact that many confrontations are spiritual in nature. Mm-hmm. And so, the power of Holy Spirit helps to diffuse those situations. I mean, I, you know, I think of when we were marching in Ottawa and how how I, I felt this very strong spiritual battle in in the heavenlies, and we prayed powerfully. We had many people praying for us, and so I could sense that the the enemy was being subdued, and they were not reacting the way I have seen them or have expected them to react. And I, I know that there were angel armies there, like suppressing the spiritual. The demonic spiritual force there it was very powerful very powerful like even the police were subdued they were not the you know the aggress- aggressors from the, the truckers convoy kind of you know it was very different and so you know i even think in those situations you don't realize the spiritual atmosphere so holy spirit will help guide in those situations right mm-hmm. well i know that the, one of the topics that we have to talk about is regarding that you you were walking well People were walking with, with Muslims, with uh, Jews, so, Jewish uh, people. How do you feel when people are walking with, you know, because you're not equally yoked, right? So should you be siding with Muslims, Sikhs, and Buddhists, Buddhists and all this kind of stuff? Or are you going against your faith when you're doing that? So, so what are your thoughts about that? Well, obviously the fact that I walked out already worked through that. Worked through that in so my how head. did you work through that? So... Firstly, I, I always go to scripture, and the scripture says, "Do not be unequally yoked." Okay. okay, and the context of "do not be unequally yoked" is when you are in a binding contract, when you are entering into business, in a marriage, where there is going to be, you know, you have to work up from the same foundations of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Now, this was not a coalition of working or or entering into any contract. This was just a show of voices to say. As a, as a bunch of... We were parents. Mm-hmm. We were parents, firstly. Uh, concerned parents, grandparents, and individuals who said, you know what? We need to stand up for our children. Now, you could even go to the fact that the Islamic faith, the Jewish faith, and the Christians all come from the Abrahamic yep. uh, era, right? He's the, he's the father of all those faiths, one would say. 
because of Ishmael, Isaac, and then obviously, you know, down to Yeshua. So from that perspective, we all believe that God created male and female. And we all believe that, that you know, there's a, the, in the family unit. And I don't believe, I believe this walk was a spiritual walk to say, you know, there are people who hate the family unit. And, and the enemy has tried to destroy the family unit. He's tried okay. to destroy man and woman. And I think the idea is, is good, right? Right. So, but the, the question is, mm-hmm. you know, when is it okay to stand alongside uh, people of different faiths or not? Now, one, the, the first thing I think of is which other areas in my life do I have opportunities to even interact with many of these different well, faiths? Well, well, the thing is, for me, I, I always find it fascinating when people say different faiths. To me, I only see there's one faith, and the rest of them are unbelievers. Okay. So, you know, so the... Okay, what do you want me to refer to as religion? Uh, just, you just call them uh, unbelievers. Uh, when you side with unbelievers, no matter what their uh, institutional... Right, values. so so the, the people that don't know Jesus, basically... Yes, yes. Do, and the scripture refers to so as Gentiles. when do you walk with them? Yes. Yes. When, when would I interact in a way and, and walk closely with them? Two, I think of it as an opportunity to to help speak about Jesus on a platform that isn't. Now, I know all the Christian leaders who stood up alongside the Muslim leaders, they spoke about Jesus boldly and, and proudly and unashamedly. And we were very clearly standing as Christians. And how often do we actually stand as Christians and say, I'm a Christian and I'm standing for this. That was a big motivation for me, is that I'm not just going there as Catherine, you know, mom, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going there as Catherine the Christian. Because you want to protect the children. I want to protect the children so, as Catherine the Christian. So you, yeah, but you, so you, so you, but you, you're partnering with this the, the bigger group because a lot of people have the same kind of views, even though they don't agree believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. They still have the same view. Right. So you would. So similarly, you would also stand with people that um, are against abortion, regardless of the affiliation. Yes. Okay. They get and, and I have and I, I do and I, I have worked with people who actually are against abortion and they're atheists. So uh, uh, what about feeding the homeless? If if people are feeding the homeless, you would go there, but you would. The key I don't thing stand is, there and ask what faith are you or what religion or what's your belief. No, yeah. I don't ask that. And you would do it, and but the thing is, you would also when you are giving to people, you would make sure that they are realizing. It's because of Christ. That it's you because do. of Jesus that I do that I do it, and 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 I unashamedly stand. In fact, e- even when I ran for office, people knew I was a Christian. I wasn't ashamed to acknowledge that I'm a Christian. You weren't vanilla. No, I, I, and some people wanted me to be vanilla. I wasn't vanilla. I'm very clear what my values and strengths are, and I'm I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of Jesus, and and so I think that what the enemy constantly does and has been successful at is trying to create division and he he tries to divide and divide and divide and divide and you know on all fronts and and the more he can get people to stand against each other and point fingers the 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 better it is for him because there's no there's no unity and uh I, you know, I even think that many of the people who were marching were immigrants like yeah, us. Okay, so and they just hold on, and they came mm-hmm. to this country because they see that the Christian, the the, the, Christ, the Western world comes from Christian principles, mm-hmm. right? So, so, can you just give me like two, three statements why you would say that it's okay? And what I'm hearing, maybe I, maybe let me summarize for you is, is what I'm hearing is like Paul says. Um, I'm a, I'm a Roman to the Ro- I'm a Jew to the Jews. I'm a Greek to the Greeks. 
be all things to all men but the focus is to gain Christ is when bringing closer to Christ so use what you have to bring people closer to Christ in other words be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove mm -hmm. but look after the widows and the orphans and the children How those do you who do can't that? speak for themselves focus on that don't get caught up in 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 like legalities or some kind of so-called doctrinal positions Yeshua sat with sinners <laughs> all the time like he even said and so wouldn't those Gentiles that you were walking with, wouldn't they be considered sinners? Aren't you supposed to be walking with them and talking with them and then seeing your good works and that they will glorify your Father in heaven when they see your good works? And they, they, they knew, they said, thank you for standing with us Christians. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, we all have a choice. But if I'm not standing up there and shining my light brightly and I'm not salting, being the salt. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, the, the scripture says, be the salt and the light. It doesn't say be the light and the salt. Salt comes first. How do you salt things? You have to make a difference in the environment we're in. So even if Jesus comes back tomorrow, am I ready today? Yes. But if he doesn't come back tomorrow, I've still got to focus on how I'm going to, what, I'm, what, what is the environment I'm leaving for as a legacy, you know, for, my, for, for the next generation. I need to be, do what's right. Mm -hmm. I, I, have a, I have a responsibility to do what is right and stand up for the word of God. So, yeah, that, that brings it back in a nice little loop. Um, the self-preservation, the standing with Christians, where we are in this this day and age. It's. Uh, I know there's a lot of topics we just covered here, I, and I'm just starting to think of a na and the name for the podcast. Yeah, because I I, I see some good points like self-preservation be one, another one being um, the idea that. Um, I think actually the, how do you defend ourselves or should we be defending ourselves another well, that's one. why salt and light I think is a good one yeah, but, but, it's but, too... but, but yeah but what is that we don't even talk about what salt is or what light is okay right? I suppose we, 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 yeah it's more about but funny that salt is a, is used for preserving and we talked about preservation anyway that's just an yeah. interesting observation yeah yeah so the Bible says have salt in yourselves right have salt in yourself how do you have salt in yourselves have salt in yourselves. How do you have salt in yourselves? Well, you think about what is salt used for. I know it's preservation. So it's used to preserve. So that's how they would make how you'd make meats. Yeah. It, it's used to add flavor. Mm -hmm. It's used to clean wounds and and sanitize it, or disinfect. And what else would you use salt for? And yet, yet the media would say, or the so-called science would say, stay away from salt. It's bad for your heart. Mm -hmm. But it's all the ninety percent of the water on the planet is salt water. Mm, yeah. Anyway, another topic for another day. Really? Huh? We don't have a few minutes to finish this. No. Okay. I think anyway, it's a very very interesting discussion because I know that I am uh, not the, my viewpoint on the impact we should have on society is not shared by many many of Christian brothers and sisters, and they chose to stay away from this. Well, that's why we, we we covered some controversial topics today right mm -hmm. uh, whether it was self-preservation versus letting not being self-preservation yeah. okay versus protecting how do we protect defending, defending or, not. or not defending another one is do we when do we walk with a gentiles and when don't we walk with gentiles um how do, how do we win the last and being wise as serpents or wise serpents and harmless as doves and even the word using the word gentile that's even a an interesting choice of words that we they're always called in different faiths it's like as if we're one of many it's not about one of many there's either us or there's nothing 
There's no, there's no Christ and and no, it's Christ or nothing. That's all you have. Yes. Yeah. So we're not Gentiles. No, we are believing. We, we are believers. part of the household of faith. We are His sons and daughters. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, yes. Anyway, yeah, we can go on and talk about so many things. We can even talk about the fact that is everybody that's born on the planet are they considered children of God? And the answer is no. Right. Another topic for another day. Okay. So um, I don't know. I'll close in prayer this time. Love it. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And um, I thank you for touching your people. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen.